What's it gonna take for you to finally break up with your bullshit? Think what you could do if you could only break up with your bullshit. Oh. Hey, what's up? My name is Michelle Aiken, and I am a coach. If you don't know me, I've been building a community of creative people for the last few months, and uh, the community is called Break Up With Your Bullshit, so it became a podcast very quickly. And uh, the people in the community are all committed to leaving their excuses behind and actually moving their projects forward. So it's awesome. We have a private Facebook group and everyone cheers each other on. And I've got some really cool stuff coming up in February of 2021 for people in that group. So if you are not already part of that, I do have a waiting list for information about the February start and relaunch of Break Up With Your Bullshit. So check the description or go to michelleaiken.com and you will see at the top it says... Um, what does it say? Something about bullshit. Look for something about bullshit. Uh, I think it takes you right there when you get to michelleaiken.com. Also, uh, I launched Break Up With Your Bullshit mini microphones. I have mine right here if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, just, just imagine a very tiny little microphone that says Break Up With Your Bullshit on it. And it actually is a functioning little microphone. This one's mine. Um, they sold out in less than 48 hours, which is extremely exciting, and I can't wait for everybody to get them. Uh, but I am going to open up pre-orders for more, and I'm going to put in an order. So if you want to nab yours, uh, also you can find that on my website under store. So uh, I think that's all for the announcements today. I have a cool episode. I mean, they're all cool, right? Why would I interview someone if it wasn't cool? But uh this, this one is particularly cool for me because my guest is not only a prolific author and uh, baker, she is also a childhood friend of mine. And this conversation that you're about to listen to is, it's actually the first time we've ever had an adult conversation because she was just someone I got dropped off at her house and I played with her and her sister all the time. And, um, and now she's making awesome books like this one that I'm holding for people who are looking. It is called Procrastibaking, uh, which served me very well at the beginning of quarantine. Um, and she's got amazing recipes in here. And she's also really, really funny. So you know those blurbs that happened before the recipe, how you're like scrolling and scrolling and you're like, please stop telling me about your children and your life. I don't care. I just want to know the recipe. I don't feel that way about hers and they're quite short. So they're very respectful of your time while at the same time entertaining you. And you could just skip them and go right to the recipe if you wanted to. But I don't know why you want to do that because they're really great. And you're going to love Erin, uh, Erin Gardner. She is, uh, she's just had to, she's had to push past a lot of unknowns in her, in her career. And her story is super cool. So I think you're going to be really inspired. And, um, and, and I think in particular, she kind of takes away some of the glamorous thoughts you might have about what it's like to, to publish a book or write a book or just have the kind of business that she has. So without further ado, here is my interview with Erin Gardner. Enjoy. Hello, Erin. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Um, it's so cool to have you here. So um, what we can start by telling people how we know each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was trying to think about it and I think I've known you since before you were born. I think so. Because I think 
our families know each other because Michael and I went to Calico Cat. Preschool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I went to that preschool too. We all went there. Yeah. I think we all went there. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think he was, um, I think him and I were in class together and then our moms got to know each other and then they became friends. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael is my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I have, I saw him last night and he was looking through your books because I said I was going to. Oh, interview. really? And he's, you know, checking it out, seeing what you're doing. Oh, that's so cool. Hi, Michael. <laughs> Hi, Michael. I did. I sent him a link to the podcast so he could start listening on his on his drives during work. Oh, that's um, cool. But yeah, so it's it's so cool um, to to get to talk to you now because I was saying, you know, I was like, oh, this will be our first conversation in ever. Cause you know, I know. Yeah, I mean, you I were usually hanging out with with Donna, with my oldest sister, and I was yeah. No, we would, Kelly. We would get dropped off. I would go down the hall to Donna's room. Kelly would go into the girls' room, mm-hmm. and we all play all day long. Yeah, yeah. It's cool to have two sisters in another family who are the like relatively the same ages. You know, so it like, worked out well. It, oh it, yeah, for sure, it did. Yeah, yes. I, I just remember singing a lot of silly songs with you guys, like mm-hmm. Adelina, Madalena, Hoop, a Sack of Water. Sack of water you know, like now. Those, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always doing like, okay, now let's do this one. Oh, oh, let's do this one. Tell that joke. Do you, re- do you remember when your sister and I wrote a rap? No. About New Jersey? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, you but should ask her about that. I will. Yeah, <laughs> my sister daughter who uh, I feel like is responsible for a lot of my getting into creative stuff because she was yeah so creative. Yeah, no, she's a wonderful artist. I remember from when we were kids. I mean, she was always drawing and thinking stuff up, and yeah. we just had so much fun together with that. Yeah. You know, we were always. We, I, do you remember the 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 video we made to Ice Ice Baby? No. <laughs> <laughs> you all know exactly how old we are now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no I mean but yeah no and, and and swimming in your guys pool in the summertime we used to do Olympics remember that yes oh yeah this, this is good because mm-hmm. you remind me all my good childhood memories are stored in your brain Aaron Gardner <laughs> I need I need to access them more often you know you block out a lot of the good stuff and oh, just yeah. remember all the mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so when I yeah. found out that you were writing baking books I think mm. do you call them that. Do you call them cookbooks or do you call them baking books? What do you call these? Well, I mean, I think like the the trade name would be cookbooks, you know. Okay. But um I have I have Aaron Bakes. They're baking cake books. Right here. Yeah. Um that's your second one, right? Aaron Bakes Cake. Yes. And your first one was uh Aaron Bakes. My first Hard. one was great cake decorating. That's right. Okay, so Aaron yeah. Bakes says creator of Aaron Bakes, that was that's my book. website. Okay. Yeah, that's my that's like what my all my social handles are and right. And yeah. then of course, this is the one that that I really got into which I'm holding up for people who aren't watching on YouTube. Procrasta baking. Mm-hmm. Is the greatest title ever. <laughs> Cuz I feel like it's something people already say they do. And then you Oh yeah. Do. Oh yeah. No, yeah, I definitely did not coin the phrase. Yeah. Um but, but then you did yeah. because now it's yours. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean I kind of I, I took it. Yeah. No one else had claimed it. Let's be, let's no be right here. No one had claimed this name. Yeah, no. 
It will probably make you very happy to know that there is all kinds of flour and butter and sugar all over this book. Because oh, I love that. I use it. Yeah. No, um, I absolutely love that. Got things flagged. Uh, and I'll just say, as my 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 plug for this book, uh, there's a few things. One is that I mm-hmm. love in the beginning how you um, you just explain different um, oh procrastinate swaps. This is the page yeah. I refer to the most often. Oh, good. <laughs> is like, hey, if you don't have milk, you can use this. If you don't have buttermilk, you can do this. I Every single recipe of yours, I have to go to this page because there's always something I'm missing. And oh, then yeah. I'm so, I'm like, oh, I'm so comforted by the fact that you have accounted for that in some way. And I don't feel like I'm doing it wrong. Oh, no, no, not at all. I mean, yeah, I know people don't have buttermilk. I know... I know people don't have, you know, like, oh, maybe I have butter. Maybe I, maybe I don't, maybe right. I have, you know, whatever I'm gluten free or whatever, you know? Totally. So part of, I think what I do is just try to anticipate needs, you right. know, like what will this be like at home? And I want it to be as fun and as enjoyable as possible because I want you to open the book back up another yeah, yeah. time. I don't want to feel <laughs> so intimidated by it that you stay no. away from it. Yeah, I don't want you to be angry at me and then go on Amazon and tell everyone you're angry at me. And then that's the end of the interaction. <laughs> well, I also, I have to say, um, I love all of the copy in the book, like the little paragraph at the beginning of the recipe, you know, which is not like overly lengthy. It's not like we're, we have to read a novel every single time we get to a yeah. recipe, um, yeah. but they're all really funny. Oh, and- thanks. It's you're super funny. Um, I I just love like but so I've gotten to the habit before I bake. Um, I'll just stand. I'll like bring out the book and I say, Amelia, come here. We're gonna make something. And I show it to her and then I read the paragraph mm-hmm. and laugh. And then uh, and then we go in the kitchen to get all the ingredients out. So I've started doing this with her where she's she's four and a half now and she yeah loves to stand on the chair and and you know practice with the whisk and practice cracking eggs. Which by the way is mm-hmm. like. A, I don't know. You ever let your kids crack eggs? Uh, no, no, like I don't because I don't, <laughs> I don't let them do anything. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're going to give I, it a minute. <laughs> I understand. I, I, um, I was like, uh, okay, I, maybe I could allow her to do this badly into the measuring, yeah. not into the main thing, but into the measuring. And she just completely smashed it onto the counter, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But Erin, the last time I handed her an egg, she went tap, 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 and she opened it up. It. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I've imparted wisdom. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to see the transfer of, of yeah. information. Yeah. No, that's always fun. I mean, that's like a reaction to the fact that my mom never let me do that. Like she would always <laughs> tell me what to do, but she wouldn't let me do the hard stuff. So I never really learned, you know? Yeah. I'm like trying to, I'm trying to do that with her, but oh my gosh, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to just oh, watch yeah. and like make a disaster in the kitchen and feel like, oh, no, I mean, I, I let them go. Like if I have something to do, like I'm so, like, I just have to be like, no, I'm doing something. <laughs> like <laughs> go do something else. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I let them go and, and do weird stuff. And like Max is really into making like weird, um, like he'll, he'll be like, mom, look, I made this thing and it'll be a granola bar with peanut butter and like a pretzel on top and like, st- and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And Violet made um, mozzarella water and watermelon oh. soup oh. the other day. And I was like, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And my husband was like, did you actually taste it? And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, she, it's, it's food. <laughs> How old are all your kids? Um, so Violet is five and Max is nine. Awesome. Yeah. I heard, so I heard about Max because um, my, my nephew Richard loves Max. And oh. they, when they did get to see each other, they nerded out hard. Yes. They're both. Yeah. Kids. That was like the best random occurrence to see your sister and her kids. And we like swam in a random river in New Hampshire, like just because <laughs> we couldn't get to where we wanted to go. And we were like, oh, let's swim here. Oh, that's so awesome. It was, oh, it was cool. Yeah, yeah I know. they're all super creative too. And I imagine um, it's just kind of the, that when you say your kids are like kind of inventing food, that makes complete sense to me because mom is writing recipes all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really mm-hmm. neat that it rubs off on them. I, I was thinking before this interview, I'm like, what do I even want to ask you? Because um, like there's the process of writing a cookbook. There's that. Um, but there's also just like this, uh, I, this thing I don't understand about creation of recipes. Mm. And what all goes into that? Because um, it feels very mysterious to me. Maybe it's because I don't know a lot. I just follow instructions. Like I don't, yeah. I don't have a, a, like an extreme knowledge about baking and what works and what doesn't. But how do you even go about assembling a book like this? Uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> it's a really big answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if it's I don't all know, we talk about the whole time also. <laughs> I'd have to say like... Um, you know, to, to answer the question, I'll compare the two books because when I wrote Aaron Bakes Cake, I knew exactly what needed to go in it because it's a cake book. Right. So I knew I needed the cakes and the buttercreams and the fillings. And I wanted to add the crunch elements. And I knew this is, this is how I make cakes. This is how I want this book to be. And then when the opportunity to write procrastinating came along, um, I had to figure out what is in a procrastinating book. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't exist. Right. You know, so on the one hand, like that answers the, the cake question answers the recipe question in that you look to see what other people have done. Yeah. You know, at this point, so everything's been done. Right. So you look to see, you know, how does this person do this? How does this person do that? You have to learn a little bit of the science behind it, especially with baking, you know, what, what leavener does what, and how does it respond to like an acid or how does it respond to a, a base and, and, you know, what gives you lift and time and temperature just, and and that comes with practice. A lot of it, you know, you just have to experience the, like physically being with the item while it's baking so you can see it and you can smell it and you can touch it. Um, But then on the other end, you can do whatever you want. Right. And just so there's, yeah, like there's this clear set way that things are done, but then there's also, you're standing in your own kitchen this is your flour. This is your sugar. This is your butter. You right. can do the hell, hell you want. You yeah. want to put two sticks in? Let's put two. Let's see what happens. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. a lot of so some of the things I've done have come from that where it's just trial and error. And I'm like, well, what would happen if I doubled the eggs? Yeah. Or what would happen if I took out a cup of flour or, or whatever? Um, and then some of it is following, you know, a, a set way of doing things, and then seeing if I can deviate in any way or how I can make it easier for myself or how I can make it easier for people at home. Right. You know, understanding yeah, that's a lot of what you do in this book. They don't care as much about the 
minutiae. Right. You right. know, they're not like they're yeah. really done properly. They're like, I just want to eat a pretzel. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I make the soft pretzels all the time. Oh, I do too. I'm so glad you like. Oh them. my <laughs> god, they're so good. Um, people ask me for the recipe. I'm like, buy the book. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, but like to be, so soft pretzels were the thing when I was younger. That was, I would sneak out of the house and walk to the Brunswick Square Mall. Um, Sam. Unbeknownst to anyone to get a hot Sam pretzel. Mm-hmm. You remember hot Sam? It was a place. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. No. Hot, hot Sam was, was, is my, hot Sam is, is my, my, my beacon. My, that I'm that I'm head yeah that I'm heading towards that I'm trying to get to <laughs> oh my god like like you want to be yeah. a hot Sam no like I want to make the hot I have researched and searched to see if I could find like someone who worked there or I or, found I found a the like the hot Sam recipe at some point when I was googling but I don't know how real that is and I've never so so for people who don't know hot Sam was this like little hole in the wall pretzel place. And I don't know how big they were, but I know they were at yeah. Martin Hall. Um, and then Aunt, Auntie Anne's came in yeah. and then Hot Sam went out of business. And I was so mad because they're different. Totally different. Completely different. Like Hot Sam was this like extreme sourdough. Um, the the outside crust was like hot and and crispy, but then the inside was mm-hmm. perfectly moist. And mm-hmm. you know, people hate that word, whatever. It was moist, y'all. And I would I would risk getting grounded to go and mm-hmm. buy these pretzels because they were so good, mm-hmm. so, so so good. Um, but that's I'm really glad you're on it because I have long thought about figuring out how to make a hot sand pretzel. Yeah, and I think your recipe is the closest I've come to something that brings me as much delight. I will say. Well, I'm I'm glad about that because that was definitely the destination I had wow. in mind. That's awesome. <laughs> So funny. I mean, it's so good. And I I did it wrong the first time. And then every time after that, I'm like, I'm going to get this so right. It's going to be so good. <laughs> what happened the first time? I asked, I was looking at all the dry ingredients and I dumped the yeast in. Or no, oh, no, 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 no. Oh. Dumped the baking soda into. <gasps> into the dry and not the water. water. Yeah. yeah. Part of the pretzel process, y'all, is that you have to drop the pretzels into um, simmering water that has baking soda in it. Um, probably one of the most precarious parts of the recipe. I'll yeah. also, I, I try and figure out different, like how, if I position the pot like this, is it easier? And I find little ways of making it easy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I dumped, I dumped the baking soda into the rest <laughs> of the dry ingredients. And I was like, oh no, no. It's a yeah. experiment here. So like that's going to have a reaction. And so I mm-hmm. scooped it out, but some of it just, yeah, they came out tough. Yeah. Out tough. Um, yeah. They were still delicious though. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure you still got like the pretzel flavor, but, but, and, and I have to say like, don't feel that you're alone because that is the pretzel mistake. Really? Like, (laughs) yeah, that is the pretzel mistake to read the recipe. And then you're like, oh, all the dry ingredients. Boom, 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 boom. Not that one. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Now I'm very, I'm very good about, what did I make the other day? Oh, I made the cinnamon, the giant cinnamon roll scone. Ooh. And I read through the whole recipe. I, a few times before I started because I was like, I am not, this is complex and I could only take in so much of it, but I'm like, whatever, the more you read it, the more familiar you get and then you don't make a mistake. Yep. So just read the damn recipe and you give advice in the beginning of the book that I usually completely ignore. But like, <laughs> I, I'm like, wait, I know she, she definitely tells us to check these things and like, you know, mm-hmm. how to set up everything so you don't mess it up in the middle of it. Um, but it's like a, 
baking for for me and maybe for you, it's it's sort it's like a meditation. It's like mm-hmm. and now this and now this. And I don't um I might listen to an audiobook while doing it, but I don't like stop to check my phone or any like I I'm I'm yep. in it. Unless I'm um Instagram storying so that I can show you what I'm doing. Yeah. I do, yeah. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> you know what? I when I have to do like when I like have to when I have to do Instagram stories and stuff to, to post on my own account, um, it drives me crazy. Like I hate doing it because I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, want to yeah. be doing the thing, and doing right. the Instagram thing is a different thing, and it's like ugh. all other. Media. Yeah. 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 And I want to be in the process. I mean, I think that's why procrastinating like resonated with people. Because it does feel good to tune out yeah. to everything else and then just be in a process that you cannot leave. Right. Which I think too is why baking, why the baking shelves when quarantine started were mm-hmm. empty because everyone was making bread and not just for survival, like bread, you know, bread's great to have. Um, my husband and I just bought a lot of crescent rolls, the frozen ones, the, the, you know, the, not frozen, the, just the, the refrigerated ones, yeah. um, yep. you know, just in case. Uh, but yeah, people started making bread. So yeast was sold out for a while. And I think that says a lot about what we do and not just the fact that we want to go eat carbs, but there's something therapeutic about baking. Yeah. People are like, yeah, I, I have no purpose in life right now, or I, I lost my job and I'm just going to bake. And I think oh, I I witnessed a lot of people like self-diminishing about it. Like, oh, and I'm just baking and I'm avoiding the rest of my life. And I'm like, yeah, but you're creating. You're baking. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, we, we got to, we got to see like, what would you do if, if time was not, a you know, a, a, a limited resource? Yeah. Yep. Well, a lot of people wanted to make their own food. Which is great. And and I hope that as life returns to something someday. Some semblance of normal. So, some, some, yeah. Something someday that people, I hope they hang on to that more, you Me know? And yeah, it does. Some of the advice I gave some people at the beginning was to not make sourdough. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone was making sourdough. Because you have to be so committed and and you have like a million ways you can screw it up and it's not going to feel good. And I really think people needed to do something that would make them feel good. <laughs> um, so, you know, chocolate chip cookies or, yes. or a scone or, you know, something where once you're nine hours into the process, you, you don't like horrifically fail. Right. And like then have to start over again. Like croissants. Um, because, like croissants. Oh my goodness. I've never made them, but one morning I was like, I'm powerful. I can make croissants. Let me read the recipe. <laughs> no, it takes days. <laughs> now I understand why they're expensive when I when I get them places. Oh yeah. Oh, because that process is insanity. Yeah. No, when I had a bakery, I wouldn't make them because I was like, no, I would charge you forty seven dollars per croissant if you wanted me to make them. <laughs> can you briefly explain the process for croissant making for anybody who hasn't researched it? Um. Yeah. You you have to make two two doughs. You make one that's an, a butter dough and then you make one that is a yeasted dough. And then you have to, you laminate the dough. So you have to roll the yeasted one and then fold in the buttered one. And there's a series of folds and rolls and you have to let them rest. And then 
you have to roll it out again and then you have to cut them into croissants and shape them and then you have to let them rest again. Like it really is a couple day process where you should start the dough a day ahead of time. Right. And you have to like be home all day to do it because you're going to be doing a lot of back and forth. Right. And then you realize that croissants should be like a thousand dollars a piece. Yes, they should. And (laughs) and you should just buy them at the store. Most places, I just actually, I have one in a baggie over there from um, Rook, which is a coffee place here. And they, they, I mean, they don't make their croissants there. They just make coffee. But they, Ming, do you know where Rook gets their croissants from? Uh, uh, I don't. Um, I know they get their bagel flats from the bagel oven in Red Bank, but uh, the croissants are re- mm. will remain a mystery. Okay. I guess for now we don't know. He knows a lot about Rook, so I thought he might know. Mm. But yeah, I, I think it's $3 for a croissant. And, um, it's interesting because when I was in Brooklyn, they were about the same price. And it's funny to find anything in New Jersey that is the same price as something in Brooklyn to me after living there for so long. (laughs) I come here, all the prices are so, so much. I lived there for nine years. Like I grew up here, but then I lived there. I was like there for a long time. So I'm very used to prices, but yeah, it's, they're always, they're never super cheapy unless they're really poorly made. Pretty much. Or, or like super, super mass produced, like, yes. Bought from, you know, like a Costco or it's a big thing. Right. Yeah. In which case they're, even when they're bad, they're pretty good. Yeah. No, you can't go wrong with like a butter, a yeasted butter dough. (laughs) Like like at a certain point, you know, you've passed the point of edibility. So it's like, okay, we're there. Yep. Is it spectacular? No. Is it doing it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's doing it. Doing it. Mm -hmm. I love chocolate croissants. Um, so we were talking about how you go about assembling the recipes and you were thinking about it through the lens of, you know, what goes in a procrastinating baking book? Like what do people who are uh, sort of procrastinating whatever the rest of life and escaping to baking, what do they want to be making? Um, so anything you can share about some of the stuff you did pick and why? Um, yeah, I went with... You know, kind of to piggyback on what I just said about the sourdoughs, I wanted things that people would be successful with. Yeah. I wanted things that would truly be useful. I think there are a lot, I don't think I know, there are a lot of aspirational baking books out there. Yeah. um, Which is great. You know, you want, sometimes you want to buy a book because you want to see this gorgeous thing and you want to think about making it, but not actually make it. I'm going to make sue pastry. I'm going to, isn't that what it's called? Like, uh, or shoe, 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 shoe pastry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's like, I'm going to do it. No. So that's why I made 20% of the book cookies, you know? And the other, like cake bar, like bars and stuff. Bars, breakfast stuff. Yeah. Um, I wanted stuff that you could be divided up into smaller things and you could gift it. You could bring it to an office. You could bring it to, I mean, back in the day and someday in the future, you could bring it to like a big event or, um, you know, share with people what you you've done. Cause I think that that's another component to the whole escapism, procrastinating kind of thing. Totally. I mean, my one of the things I, I, when I started baking a bunch, it, I was still on, I wasn't really eating a lot of gluten or sugar. And, mm-hmm. and yet I wasn't that interested in learning sugar-free, gluten-free baking. Um, so I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, you know? 
Um, but I would just give it away. I would, and mostly to oh. Donna and her kids. I would just be like, hey, I'm just going to leave this here. I'd like walk in their house. And I'm like, I'm just leaving that there. Cause if it's in my house, I'm going to eat the whole thing. And like me and my husband mm-hmm. have no self control. So we're just like, that's going to be gone. Except with the yeah. I have purposefully made a half batch. Yes. So I could eat all of it. Cause if I make mm-hmm. the whole batch, I will eat all of it by myself. It goes so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, and my, and my kids, like, as soon as they, like, catch wind that I'm making pretzels, they'll be like, <laughs> where, so, what, how, like, where are you in it? So, what do you think, like, an hour? Okay. <laughs> and, like, Mac, Max will just kind of, like, 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 circle the island, like. Is the dough rising yet? Are we at that part? Uh, how about now? Yeah. So we're do on the five, five more minutes rising, then we're going to shape. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I my daughter uh, also asks me to make pretzels, but it's so that she can eat the salt. Ooh, did you get yeah. real pretzel salt? I mean, I get the kosher. Or I get more kosher salt. Yeah, salt. Um, mm-hmm. I she loves salt, and so she'll take an entire pretzel and then just pick all of the salt off of it. So I got yes. to where I'm like, I'm not making pretzels <laughs> so that you could. Here's a, I gave her a little a little palm full of salt. I was like, here you go. Yeah, bye. And she just sat. Watched her TV show and just ate the salt. Great salt! Wow. I, mean, I used to I used to eat salt as a kid. So like I used to eat, uh, just like lick ketchup and she loves ketchup and salt and butter so much. I remember you eating a lot of ketchup. Yep, that's a <laughs> hysterical. Do you remember that? No, when you said it, it just like it just pinged in my brain. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love ketchup. I, to this day, I love ketchup. Like I, yeah, I, I can't imagine that went away. Yeah, no, it didn't. Like if I get like a burger from a place, I fill mm-hmm. I fill a plate with ketchup so I could even if there's dip ketchup it. on the burger, I dip mm-hmm. the burger in ketchup. My daughter, I will find her. Actually, mm-hmm. I she loves sauces. Any anything you dip, and I gave her a piece of this the scone, and um and then I was in the kitchen doing stuff, and I came back in the other room to see how she was doing with it, and she was bent over the plate, sticking her tongue out licking the icing <laughs> off the plate just and she does that with ketchup mm-hmm. too she'll just she'll just eat it yeah like, well she comes by it honestly yeah I that. <laughs> my daughter eats donuts um like you know you'd eat a donut like let's pretend this is a donut you know like arm, arm, arm. yeah 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 she turns it frosting side to her face and just licks it. Wow. And she bites it like little rat. Like she bites the frosting donut part of the donut off the top. And then she's like, I'm all done. <gasps> Actually, I think Amelia did that with the rainbow cupcakes. I made. she ate the top and then was like, more, more. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you just want the ice. And this is why I'm, I just put icing mm-hmm. sugar on top last time. Because I was like, I'm not making frosting because she's going to eat the frosting. I loved that little <laughs> hack where you buttered oh, it yeah. with the icing sugar I was like yeah that's legit that's basic when I was the first time I was making icing was from your book I've never made icing before and mm-hmm. I'm like it's just a lot of butter and sugar and I mean like mm-hmm. I guess that sounds like duh that's what <laughs> icing is but if you've never made icing before you haven't thought about that it's like sticks of butter or shortening you know whatever you're using um mm-hmm. but it's just fat and sugar and it's delicious it's delicious and wonderful but um but yeah that's all but that's is. why yeah mm. And the, I have to give credit to my husband, Justin, for the butter thing, because he was the one who, he was like, yeah, you might just want to put a, a, some butter icing on the top of that. I'm like, well, that makes sense. But then cutting yeah. the cupcake in half, putting a pad of butter, and then sprinkling powdered sugar on the top of it, that mm-hmm. was, I mean, it was real good. 
Yeah. Really good. I, I, I a hundred percent support that Mixed effort. Like- it was nice to get validated by you because, you know, you write these books, so you have, okay. <laughs> you have the authority here. Um, so so here's something. I started reading uh, the beginning. Donna had, my sister Donna had the, the Aaron Bakes Cake book at her house, and so I got it last night, and then I started reading the beginning, and I realized I don't even know your story and how everything happened. Mm-hmm. So let's, like, walk back to where you started and just, ex- you know, explain. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I did not start off to be a baker <laughs> or anything even related to food. Um, I wanted to be a pilot. What? Yeah, I wanted to be a pilot. Um, I I was hell bent on being a pilot. I was like, no, I'm a I'm a pilot. Like this, I'm gonna fly airplanes. Wow. And yeah, no, and, and and all the colleges I applied to and everything I had set out to do was flying. And so I went to school and I majored in aviation my first year and was like, I am not a pilot. <laughs> this is not what I want to do. Wow. What about it? Um, I love flying and my husband is a pilot. That's oh, what cool. came of that experience. Um, but oh, you yeah, no. Her? I met him there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he actually wanted to be a pilot. So he went and did that. Um, But yeah, no, I I love flying for fun. Like when you're, it's enjoyable, but as a job, I mean, it's a job yeah, and it is very difficult. Um, Not necessarily like that the the flying itself can be difficult, but like it is a difficult, it's a slog, you know, and you are, constantly on the go you can you know fly at any time of day and then when you're in the air it's kind of boring because you're just like sitting there and it's it's a lot of sitting it's a lot of sitting and watching Mm -hmm. and I am not a sitting and watching person Mm -hmm. I so that's why I like when I go in where we don't anymore because you know kids and life and stuff but back in the day my husband and I would go on like little flights for fun like you know if he had time in a small airplane to use up or whatever and we'd go fly around like that I love but as far as having it be a job job I I couldn't do that every single day Man, that, would be um, so cool. that must be so cool to have a pilot husband and you can just be like let's go for a fly honey like what I've never heard, I've never heard anyone say that before. Yeah, no, back in the day, we, 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 you know, like when he was flight instructing, he would get like time in each airplane to use up that, you know, to stay current and stuff. Cause they have to like, that's how they stay up to date, you know, by flying so many hours per month in each kind of plane. And, um, so he'd take me up and we'd like fly out to Plum Island, which is this place in Massachusetts and like they have bikes at their airport so you can ride a bike and yeah or walk to the beach or something and um I love that like that is a lot of fun it's really cool um and he is perfectly suited to be a pilot like he is so linear and he loves checklists (laughs) and he is just like I want everything in order and he is like we have this joke right now about like task because like when there's a task he's just like task like he goes on it and like <laughs> for those who aren't watching there's some hand oh, happening and they're amusing so you know check out the youtube yeah it's kind of like a, ro- a rope like a robot hand thing like he's tasking but yeah so he's 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 the taskmaster and he likes you know checklists and i i couldn't couldn't fall into that yeah 
So I didn't know what I wanted to do, um, but I needed, I felt like I needed to get a degree. So I switched to business and just got a degree in business. Um, and then when I got out of college, I was selling advertising mm. because that's what my dad did right. um, before teaching. And um, it's an easy job to get out of school because they're always looking for people to sell advertising. Right. And I was selling abs to a restaurant in Hartford, Connecticut called Max Downtown. And then they were looking for um, a pastry plater at night to work the dessert line, just plating desserts. I, I've done that job. Oh, you have? Yeah, at a dessert cafe in Brooklyn. I was oh, the awesome. plater. So I, I mean, I love plating. Oh, it's plating is fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you got to be like on it. Oh, know? yeah. No, you have to be fast. You have to be yep. like fast and decorative and, you know, mm-hmm. like very reverent of the whole. Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. A lot of cleaning, a lot of standing, a lot of, yeah. And I, um, so I quit my job in selling ads and I started plating desserts at night. I love that. And my parents hated it. They were so mad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were so that's, that's how you know you're on a good path when your parents get pissed off about your life choices. Oh, they hate, they hated it. Mm. It was, it was a big deal for a little while. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. Um, and I, I investigated going back to school for it, but, um, was fortunate enough to work with people who were willing to tell me what they knew. That's you awesome. know, and, and my, the chef that I worked for at the time, he actually drove me up to a uh, culinary Institute and he was like, I'll go walk around with you. He's like, yeah, let's go see. And he's like, do you, may you go this way or you go that way? You know? And in the cooking world, it's nice. I think it's nice because you don't, there isn't such a reliance on having that degree yeah. for, for working in it. Oh. It's more about the desire and the skill um, and the willingness to be taught and the willingness to be humble when someone's like, that's horrible. Huh. Like that's, that's how the, that's how video was for me. It wasn't, um, I went to school for video, but my, uh, the first job I got, the I tried to show him my portfolio and he was like, I don't want to see that. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. I, said, I don't know that you did any of that. That could be people you worked with that did it. And you didn't like, let me just, why don't you work for two weeks and I can see what kind of talent you have. He yep. didn't care about what school I went to. I I've never yep. been asked in the film world. I've had never been asked what school I went to and what degree I have. Absolutely. Cares. Yep. It doesn't matter. But I advocate. I mean, like, I, I don't think people in a creative field, and I guess including yours, like, don't need to go to school necessarily. You just, you need to have a desire and a passion and a willingness, like, to be humble yeah. and learn mm-hmm. and really want to do it. That's so yeah. cool. No, the, the guy that I was just talking about who drove me up to CIA, he, when I showed, when it's like, I'll do the job, like, I'll be the dessert plater. He was like, show me your hands. And so I showed him my hands and he's like, all right, well, you have big hands and long, thin fingers and uh, I'll give you three nights and I'll see what you can do. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's like the, the creepiest interview. Show me your hands. How long yeah. are your fingers? <laughs> Super creepy. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't really old enough or experienced enough yet to know that that like could have been creepy. <laughs> like I was just like, here are my hands. You know, like, <laughs> how do I make her up? Can are I these job? Are these good hands? Yeah, no. <laughs> but he let me stick around. So, you know, it worked out. Um, yeah, and then I moved to Boston and worked my way around the restaurant world there. 
um, you know, my husband and I, we moved, then we moved up to New Hampshire because it was better for him in terms of, um, flight instructing. And there was a, a small airline to get into, which he's into now and has been with for, you know, 12 years. Um, and I, I did, uh, I was a pastry chef for a big inn up here in New Hampshire for a little while. And then I knew for me to continue, I had to go out on my own because especially as a pastry chef, you hit a hard wall in terms of how far you can go in a restaurant and um, how much control you have. You never really have control. Yeah. And you never um, have the last say. Right. And it's not, the chef doesn't either. It's the owner. Whoever owns the restaurant has right. the last say. But when you're a pastry chef, you have those other layers. You have the the sous chef or the chef de cuisine and you also have the chef and then you have the owner. And it's just like, I was tired of, of, of being good at something for six other people to yeah. tell me I'm wrong yeah. <laughs> or to take credit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had tired of that and I knew I wanted a business. I wanted to, to be in control in that way too. Um, and I, I got an email from this like pastry newsletter thing that was like a an industry newsletter for a sugar flower class with, um, this very respected sugar flower artist in New York city. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll try that, you know? And so every Saturday for a month, I drove down to New York from New Hampshire wow. to take this class with him. And then I drive back that day because I didn't have, I didn't have any money to like stay in New York. Right, right. So hey, would, you made it work. You made it work. Yeah. So I would drive back and get home at like midnight. And then um, I started doing wedding cakes on the side and I, I started doing them for, you know, I just, for a chef that I used to work with who then was at an event center. Um, so sugar and flour I, means like the flowers on top of a cake, that kind of sugar flour? Yes. They're hand sculpted uh flowers out of a sugar paste right right and the kind that I do or did um and became known for it's very realistic it looks like you've made the flower like if you saw a picture of a cake with sugar flowers on it you would not you'd be like is that cake is Is that that flower are those real flowers what is that you know because they're very they're hyper realistic yeah um and so then that led me to open my bakery where I made wedding cakes and did custom cakes and that uh, I got a lot of attention from doing that, which was wonderful. Um, read Martha Stewart or like something, is this when that happened? Yeah. Yeah. It was a bunch, uh, like a bunch of things just started happening at once where I, you know, Martha Stewart weddings reached uh oh. <clears throat> that's to me, you know, all of the, the places in the wedding world that you want to notice you started noticing me. So that was really exciting. And I was in constant pursuit of that as well. You know, I, I wanted to build the business. I wanted to be, I, I wanted to be recognized in New Hampshire for the, the things that I could do that maybe weren't common for around here. And I think that was one of the reasons I was able to be successful. Yeah. Or, this was a skill that I went someplace else to learn because this is pre-internet. Right, right, right. right. I'm I'm talking like an, (laughs) I'm an elder millennial. Um, 
<laughs> so this was, you couldn't go online and learn a class, learn a, a skill. So the fact that I had gone and done this was unique for the area, right. I guess you could say. That's awesome. um, That changed with the internet. <laughs> sure. And still, I but, think there's really no substitute for a hands-on class. And, and for the mm-hmm. amount of commitment you had to have to make that drive all yeah. the time, you know, and to, to be like, no, this is what I'm doing. Because plenty of people on their bullshit will just be like, well, I don't have money for a class like that, or it's far away from me and I could never. And it's like, okay, and mm-hmm. what do you want? Because when right. you really want something, you make it happen. And I think, feel mm-hmm. like the fact that everything is so available online, anyone who's saying that they can't, it's like, eh, you could figure that out pretty easily. Maybe it's too easy. Maybe there's not enough of a barrier to it for people mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, it's like the information mm-hmm. is so available that it's like overwhelming or, you know, it doesn't rise above the noise. Yeah. Or they take it for granted, you know, yeah. because they never had to find it. Right. Right. You know, like uh, physically find it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when I, I wanted to be a makeup artist and there wasn't, I mean, I would have gone crazy with YouTube. If yeah. I it. When I was little, I walked to the Barnes and Noble to get a book, Bobby Brown, Teenage Beauty. I bought that book. Yeah. I, I was like, I will figure this makeup thing out. Cause you know, Donna didn't really wear makeup. Julia didn't really wear makeup. My mom mm-hmm. kind of slaps some makeup on, like literally was just like, boop, 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 boop. She, yeah. she didn't know yeah. how to do makeup. <laughs> so she would like watch me do makeup and be like, how do you know how to do that? Like, yeah. I, bought a, um, I bought a book because I, mm-hmm. I wanted to go to school for that. Erin, also, I realized while you're talking that I, from the time I was very little, when people said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I didn't say pilot. I said bakery lady. Oh, really? That was my forever answer. It still, it still is. Um, I'm obviously like, I'm so, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not just procrastinating baking. I really am interested in learning more about it um, yeah. because at some point I will open a bakery. Good luck. Godspeed. Thank you. you. I don't know. And I don't know what form it will take because who knows? Who Who knows? knows? I mean, I could be teleporting things to people. We don't know how it's all going to look. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I I always wanted to to do that or just to be good at it. And and so I challenge myself with little things like this because it's, it's just like a fun side thing, but not my main obviously not my main commitment. Otherwise I would be pursuing it. But when you're talking about opening a bakery, I, I was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's a, and when it comes to opening a bakery, there's the, the romantic idea of opening a bakery. I have. It's very romantic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I want you to hold on to that. Thank you. I will. (laughs) I want want you to like enjoy that because there is a big difference. I'm sure. There's, There's a, there's a, oh my gosh. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And it was interesting because, um, you know, looking back, like saying how I, I wanted to get out of being, I wanted to be my own boss because I wanted to not have all these other people in charge of me or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's always someone in charge of you. Right. If, if, if nothing else, the people who gave you money to start the thing. Yeah. Then it just became the customers. Well, maybe I'll just be the person who has the money and buys an existing <laughs> rebrands it, and then someone else runs. Like I'm, I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing I mean when I say I'm going to have a bakery. Yeah, because uh, it's more that I just, I just want to have one more, more so than I want to be the one baking. Every <laughs> you just day. want access to a bakery. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and my idea is, uh, is is to play off guilty pleasures and call it, call, just call it pleasures. Oh, I like that. No guilt allowed. Yeah, and I love that. Have, thanks. 
That's I get really like, good. I can have some sugar-free healthy items, but most of it, it's just like, no, we're, we are pure gluttony here. This is not, mm-hmm. not attempting health here. You're just going to come, you know. It's a different the- kind of health. Yes. <laughs> like good, good for your soul. Yeah, it's just totally. It's a take the day off kind of off. Yes. (laughs) And everything in moderation. Okay, so back to your story. Mm -hmm. So So I had the bakery. Mm -hmm. And then I was on Sweet Genius, which was on Food Network. Right. So I I won an episode of Sweet Genius. And then after that happened, um, an editor for Taunton press reached out to me and, and literally just cold called my bakery. And, <laughs> and she was like, you know, how high is Aaron there? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, have you ever wanted to write a book? And I was like, who are you? <laughs> what is this? I was like, no, I'm not paying you to write a book. I have to, and she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, you know, fine cooking. Like, and I was like, Oh, are okay. I don't, I don't know. This is so weird. And she's like, no, you know, and so we set up more calls and we talked and that's how I wrote the first book when she just called me. Wow. I think I, I don't know this. I should ask her cause I still am in touch with her, but I think she knew someone on the production team for right. sweet genius, but um, it was after it happened that she got in touch with me. She was like, "Oh, we can take the, you know, the your fifteen minutes, <laughs> and like, oh, actually yeah. build it to something else." Basically. Yeah, do yeah, yeah. And um, Taunton Press writes books on the fine art of doing things. So they have like fine cooking, fine. I'm not going to know all of them now, but you know, quilting, woodworking, like fine craft. Yeah, that you know they they kind of yeah. dive into. Um, so I wrote their first cake decorating book. Wow. That's amazing. And that was not this one, but not Erin Bakes. No, that was called great cake decorating. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that I had the experience to learn how to write a book Mm. because I did everything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Like what? And had completely unrealistic expectations. Um, just from how this is going to sound so stupid. And I feel stupid even saying it, but I didn't even know that like when you write a book, you come up with everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is years ago now, but I didn't know. I'm like, so what goes, what's, 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 the, table, what's the table of contents going to be? Yeah, like, you tell us, Erin. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's <so laughs> important for people to hear because like it, it does, it sounds like a duh, but like, yeah, it's just sort of like, I don't know everything that goes into making a bakery. Like people don't, you don't know. I never wrote a book. I didn't know what the publisher right. does versus what the editor does. And, you know, I didn't know who did what. And they don't exactly like lay it out for you. You no, know, no. they don't have the time or desire to like teach you how to be. You know, a- how to do it. It's like they give yeah. you, they give you a launch pad. They give you um, some mm-hmm. structure and you got to go. And I think it's a lot of flying blind. Like even, um, I feel like it's, I, I don't know this for certain, but actually I kind of do that when you get picked up for a TV show and there's a network behind it, like you're still, you're responsible. Everything needs to happen. And if it doesn't happen, your, your ass is on the line. Mm-hmm. And, and it's 
like you think, oh, it's just a machine. I just get put into the machine or music artists. It's like, no, no, you need to show up and produce. And I love, I love that they came to you because I feel like so many people are getting, um, like I said, 15 minutes on like whatever that 15 minutes of fame, the concept, you know, on whatever, but especially in food. Yes. There's a lot of it. Right. And it, Mm -hmm. and like, you don't just, I don't know you, if you do something with that, if you harness it and then like you have like to go, okay, I got that. Now I'm going to take this other opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to go from that and I'm going to keep building and I'm not just going to ride the fumes from that, but I'm going to go make something. And that's, that's so important because getting on the show is not the end game. Even winning the show is not the end game, obviously. Nope. Not at all. No, I think that that's a really important thing for a lot of people to learn and something that when you realize it, it's it's like, it can be disheartening and also empowering is when you realize there's no destination. Yeah. There's none. It is heartbreaking and empowering at the same time. Because there's no, you made it. (laughs) Right. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. You just keep going. Yeah. And I think that's why you don't, say, or you don't, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's always the journey and the process, not the destination. And people hear that and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what if I get a million followers? And it's like, you can, but if you don't nurture that audience, then it's just going to be a million basically dead bodies following you because they're not interacting with you and they don't know who you are anymore. And they don't remember following you in the first place. So it's not about yeah. collecting attention. It's about keeping mm-hmm. it and keeping it fresh and continuing to evolve yourself so that some people leave and new people come. And like, this is, this is what creators do, but yeah, there's too yeah. much of a romanticized idea of I'm going to make it one day. Yeah. Yeah. And that there, there's some like, um, you know, fame or happiness hat that you, that like you get one and then you're like, you're done. Like, no, you're never done. <laughs> no, nor does fame alone make you feel anything good. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that. I mean, like I, I, I'm, I'm cake known, you know, yeah. but even in the cake world, when you, when you want to, I see people who are like, Oh, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be, and it's like, Oh, all right. Okay. Once you get there, you <laughs> You, you haven't arrived anywhere. You, you kind of look around and you're like, oh, so I'm still exactly the same. I'm just standing here now. Yeah. Right. I remember um, hearing Ed Sheeran uh, talk about his number of, of Instagram followers and he was comparing it to Taylor Swift and they're good friends. And he was just like, yeah, but all, all I'm looking at is Taylor's and, you know, why don't I have 30 million more or whatever the number was, right? Yeah. And like, I remember that for me was a moment of just going, um, I see. Right. Mm-hmm. It's and never that, enough. It's never enough. If yeah. you have never enough lens, nothing is enough. So you got to yeah. do the lens, not the circumstances around you. And mm-hmm. if you break down the lens and not see everything that way, then you could actually enjoy your life and exactly how it is right. Like if you could be happy right mm-hmm. now, great. Because mm-hmm. right now is all you ever have. And these are like cliches. Yeah. It's like so true, especially when you've it's achieved. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so true too when, you, when what you do is creative and that you're putting it out there for people, you have to just be happy with it. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to get back. No. And sometimes it's crickets. And then sometimes when you kind of think something is like, uh, like, all right, I guess I'll just put this out because I have to put something out. And people are like, oh, it's so cool. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. You're not your audience. You're the creator. No, 
Yeah, like, exactly. I'm not my best audience. The things that <laughs> I've routinely seen that the things I think are great, people don't necessarily like. And mm-hmm. then things I think are whatever, people are like, wow, yeah, so amazing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. And I'm not being self-deprecating. It's just not my taste. Like, yeah, I'm just my not own thing it. isn't my taste. <laughs> That's but so, it's so yeah no it's so true and, and it actually and so like from so when that book happened that was kind of when I had that realization where I was like oh this is all just still working and then I kind of shifted my own mindset where I was like okay well here's what I want in my life mm. and I don't want to work every weekend for the rest of my life yeah. And I don't want to miss, you know, I hadn't, didn't have kids yet, but I didn't want to, or no, Max was little. When Great Cakes, like, wait, when Great Cakes, Egerton came out, he was two. Mm-hmm. So all of these things started happening kind of like before he, right before he was born. And then after he was born and then, you know, I got the book and I did the show thing and then I was being approached to teach classes and do things like that. I thought, well, I'm going to take what I've done and mold it in a way so that I can live my life the way I want to live my life. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, I'm not going to miss weekends. I'm not going to miss putting them to bed. I'm not going to, you know, it, that was just what I, and, and I don't like disparage anyone who does it it's differently. You want it. Yeah. It's just what, what I, it's just what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be there when I wanted to be there. Which is so important. I think for parents is like to get Mm -hmm. that there's no correct thing to do. It's just, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Like I was talking about this last night with my sister-in-law because she really wants to be there with her kids for every moment. And I, I've always been more, more focused on my career and what I'm doing. And honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been as into having kids if I didn't have a husband who was such a great father. Like before we had kids, I was like, oh, he'd be a great father. And that's what inspired <laughs> me to want kids. Yeah. Oh, together we could really do this. And then we could get a lot mm-hmm. of support from family. I can still have my career and, you know, I can, she can be with lots of different people and she's with yep. her grandma or her uncle or her, or with Donna and her kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I get to do this. Like she's with Donna right now. Oh, having an awesome day with with her aunt. So hang out with her cousins. Yeah. 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 So that's awesome. And I, I don't have, I don't have guilt around it because it's my choice. And I know that Mm -hmm. I could, I could just see her all the time. Yeah, I I could, I could do that. But yeah, it's so important because it's just what, what's your vision? What do you want? And how can you create that? Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. So then I, uh, yeah. So then I wrote Aaron Bakes Cake. And while I was writing Aaron Bakes Cake, I, I blew off a day of writing to bake other things. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like sick of doing it and I needed a break. Yeah. And I posted a picture of them with the hashtag procrastinating. The baking I do when I should be doing other baking. <laughs> and like my, my cake friends were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then like fast forward two years after that, um, Julia Moskin from the New York Times was doing a story on procrastinating and found that post through the hashtag and DM'd me and said, I'm writing a story about procrastinating. Do you want to be interviewed? And I was like, Uh, yeah, duh. (laughs) (laughs) No, screw off New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I talked with her and um, 
and was in the article and I said ridiculous things because I felt like I had nothing to lose. Yep. So I'm just going to say stupid shit. And uh, my agent called me like a couple days later and was like, have you, so have you thought about writing a procrastinating book? And Aaron Biggs Cake didn't do great. Mm-hmm. Like as a product, like as a book, cause it's super niche. And so I didn't even think that I'd have the opportunity to write another book, at right. least not that soon. I thought like, Oh, I'm going to have to do something else, you know? Yeah. Um, it was one of those things that the people who liked it loved it. You know, like we were, like we were just saying, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so happy with it and, and cake people were so like, oh, this is so cool. And a couple of pastry chef people, uh, kind of folks were like, oh, this is really interesting. Uh, didn't hit with like normal people. So, yeah. you know, wasn't that. So I didn't think that I would have that opportunity. And she said, no, just, just try it. Just, just put it out there. You know, she's like, this is a, a hot topic and you're in it. So claim it. She's like, if you don't do it, someone else is going to. That's true. I remember her saying that. And I was like, okay, that's reason enough. Yeah. That's a good reason. Yeah. So I put together a little quick proposal and then this has gone great. That's awesome. And I, I owe it all to her. She's, she's Allison, my agent has vision and heart. And she is just one of those people who really wants to see, um, people succeed. Yeah. You need to so those rare. People. Everyone needs yeah. those, multiple of those in their life. But like the important thing is that you put yourself out there so many times in your story. Cool. You just like consistently bet on yourself and then go toward what you love. And then people come around to say, Hey, I noticed you got this great energy. Can I help you harness it? Can we direct it in a direction? Cause I see mm-hmm. something that maybe you can't see. And I, I'm forever talking about how we need creative partners. We need people on our team to support us. Um, and if we don't, if we don't have a team and we don't have anyone helping us with our vision, then we won't see as far. You know. Oh, you froze. Can you hear me, Aaron? Uh, Yay! Hi! Hi! I made it back. Yay! I don't know what happened there. Me neither. Well, we're back. Oh, hold on. Oh, my. <laughs> a good picture of you. Why, internet? <laughs> uh, okay. I probably have written down what I was saying at that moment, but I don't remember. It was probably something good, but we're back now. Um, and we only have a few minutes, Erin, so I want to do some yeah. stuff. But sure. this, is, this is awesome. So, um, so what advice do you have? For oh, actually, I'll start back here because you may not know this. So the whole point of this podcast is that um, it takes getting over your own bullshit to actually do something like put a cookbook out there, or you know, go on that show or whatever. Um, you have to kind of get over some stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. So there's people listening to this because they're still on their bullshit. You know, they're like they're not. They want to be inspired. They're not going forward. So what advice do you have for people who are on their bullshit right now? Um. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, hmm. Well, I'll tell you something that my dad told me that has all, I always hear in my head whenever I want to do something or try something is he used to say, why not you? Mm. That was his, you know, and he did it when we were little and, and anything, you know, when I'm like, oh, I want to run for student government or I want to do this, you know, but I can't or blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, why not you? That was always his thing. Why not you? Someone's going to do it, right? Yeah. Why not you? 
And it's, it was funny. It kind of rang back into my head when, um, when talking about my agent, when she was like, someone's going to take it if you don't. And it was kind of the same advice. Like someone's going to do it. So why not you? And I, I think the other thing to always keep in mind, and I don't know if this is reassuring or again, reassuring or disappointing, (laughs) but no one's going to remember all that much about what you've done. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not to like discourage anyone or to sound, um, or to sound dismissive of the people who enjoy the things I put out there because I love those interactions. But if you do something and it kind of in your head flops or it doesn't go right or whatever, I guarantee you that most to most people that was like a, a blip and it disappeared. It's like how no one remembers what you were wearing, but you remember, you're like, right. I can't wear this shirt again because I already wore No one was paying attention. No one was paying attention. No, no, no. And honestly, then when you think about it in the reverse, if someone was that all that invested in what you were wearing, then they're kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, you're not you're not the one with the problem <laughs> right 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 that's amazing advice that's fantastic Erin thank you so much um thanks so much for being here for sharing your whole story and your perspective um and I know that you're just you're just a person and you just decided to you know you know get past the thing and go do something but um but there, there's a lot there in hearing from just humans who who have gotten past some stop and done something bigger than themselves and, and Mm -hmm. really for the love of it, you Mm -hmm. know, sort of like, I think that's, that's another big part too, is it has to be something that you truly love yeah, or else it's going to hit and feel really shallow for you Yes, or it's going to miss and you'll still be happy about it. Right. Because you made something that you liked for yourself. Exactly. Right. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic uh, catching up with you. I hope that when yeah. all this craziness is over, we can all get together and our kids can hang out. And that would be so awesome. Oh, it's so nice talking to you as like an adult. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we haven't done this since I was very small. I know. And tell Donna I said hi when you go to pick up your daughter I later. Will, I will. <laughs> well, all right. Um, thanks again, Erin. And uh, where can people find you? Um, these days I'm mostly on Instagram. So Aaron.bakes on Instagram. Aaron. Um, it's the best place to find me. And everyone should, should get procrastinating because Yay! It's, find me in procrastinating. Let it be the first cookbook that you actually use. That you actually use. Yeah. Like that, that's the that's best compliment I could get. Mm-hmm. It's the first one I've ever used. So there you well, go. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, hopefully I'll see you in the not too distant future. Yeah, I hope so too. Break up with your bullshit. Oh.